Most marketers and entrepreneurs have been approached by someone on LinkedIn promising them hundreds of leads for little to no work. Or maybe you've listened to a rogue sales agent who wants to buy an email list off the internet's black market. And to be honest, you've thought about getting those quote unquote leads like this the easy way. Hell, you might have even paid for it. But collecting these contacts in a somewhat shady way still has the problem of that next step. Reaching outbound to folks who may have never heard of you, or the emails on that list being actually bad. Hello again, Blythe Bromley with DigitalDispatch.io, and in today's episode, I'm going to share with you how we clean up that email list to make it somewhat manageable. And then we take those emails and we turn it into a cold outreach campaign so that your sales team isn't wasting time on contact information from people who have no interest in buying from you which is exactly what you get when you pay for an email list or use a LinkedIn data scraper. That's not a lead, that's contact information. But it's a problem most business owners and marketers have found themselves in, sometimes to no fault of their own. So let's talk about how to salvage that into something that just might be worth it to you in the future. Let's get into how to clean up that shady email list. dive into our first topic. And and I, I want to bring this up because about a year ago, I was guest co-hosting on Put That Coffee Down, and we brought up a survey or a study that was done by the Logistics Marketing Advisors. And this study included 100 industry professionals who are on the receiving end of marketing messages from 3PLs, carriers, software companies, and other logistics businesses. The biggest takeaway that I still have from that survey from just a year ago is that 72% of those people want to be contacted via email. And they said personalizing the email was important along with including quality information on how your company can bring value to the prospect that you're going after. Closest to this communication metric was 11% saying useful online content that speaks to a challenge a potential customer is dealing with. So predominantly, the biggest takeaway is that 72% prefer to be contacted via email. Now, the reason that I bring this up is a current situation that I find myself in because a few weeks ago, I signed up for an inbound marketing event. It was a few day long event. And in in case you're not aware, inbound marketing is the process of creating content that brings users to you that you don't have to go outbound to them. They come inbound to you because of the content that you're creating is probably solving a problem, speaking to a pain point that that customer may have had. Well, I signed up for this inbound marketing conference and I signed up with the idea thinking that I'm going to get free content in exchange for my information being shared with the event sponsors. A few weeks later and about 30 emails later, I'm slightly annoyed, especially considering that this was an inbound marketing conference and I'm getting a ton of information and a ton of sponsor messages that are not relevant to me in addition to the daily onslaught of email that I already get. So 30 additional emails from companies that I've never heard of. Maybe some of them I have heard of, but honestly, I didn't look at the email long enough. I just saw that I knew that it was from this event. So I just immediately click unsubscribe. I don't even read the message. It's still a little annoying, but I also tried to put myself in the marketer's shoes of the people who are sending that messaging out. This is 
probably not their fault. And so they're, they're probably their, their strategic thinking is, well, these people are in, interested in inbound marketing. Our tool helps somehow. Let's see if we can get even a little bit of a bite on that hook that, that we're sending out, uh, into uh, the world of marketers and people who are just interested in inbound marketing. So how would I handle that situation if I was one of them? And, and, I think that this sort of speaks to a larger issue of collecting quote unquote leads and not doing it the right way. And the right way being you're creating valuable content that brings somebody to your site or brings somebody to your, your social media platforms and they follow you. They choose to subscribe. They choose to engage with you and even subscribe to your email newsletter. But let's be honest, we've all been approached by someone in our LinkedIn DMs, which is obviously a, a canned message that's going out to a bunch of people. Uh, you, you probably also found ourselves in a situation where a rogue sales agent wants to go out and buy a list. Maybe they want to just use a data scraper in order to collect that information off of Zoom, off of another shady-ass website. You know who you are. Uh, but you think that it's an easy win, and it's not an easy win because in reality, you have to sort through that data and in order to find something that might be worth it, that might make the juice worth the squeeze. Uh, but there's only one way to really figure that out, and that's to send an email to that list and and see if that is a, a good message in order to take approach to or or in order to I, I guess attack a large email list. Um, so I'm putting myself in those marketer shoes and I'm going to tell you how I would handle that and maybe how I've handled this when it's happened to me in, in the past of working at a 3PL when someone comes to me with a 80,000 email contact list that they bought off the internet, which is a true story that I actually had to do. So a few tips of where I would start. Tip number one, you should be hiring a freelancer, Upwork, Fiverr, one of those freelancer platforms to do what's called a bulk email validation. Now, what this does is it, you're essentially taking the list that you have and you're sending it over to this person who's going to test the legitimacy of that list. They're going to test all of the emails that are in that list. And what it's going to do is it's going to test the uh, bounce backs, the legitimacy if that email actually goes through or if it is bounce back, if you end up in the spam folder. Um, it's going to test a lot of things in order to bulk validate that email list. And so then that once that freelancer runs it through whatever software that they're using, um, I'm not exactly sure what kind of software they're using. I'm sure they keep that to themselves so no one else can find out about it. But what they do is they then have that list that is sent back to them that's quote unquote clean. And so then the next step that you have to do is then start to add that list into a CRM. If you do not have a current CRM, HubSpot has a great one that you can go out and you can use. Um, I believe it's still free. So you can just upload your list through there, but it makes that data that you now have for that cold outreach at least a little bit manageable because the next part is, is being organized with your outreach. You could just do a spray and pray method and just hope that it doesn't get any kind of bad brand awareness on your name. Or you can just slowly attack that list and start to, to carve out maybe 20 to 50 emails a day and sending a personalized message. But it, it, the personalization part is where a lot of marketers or a lot of sales rep, they just choose want to skip entirely and they don't want to mess around with the time to actually segment an email properly. So this is what you, you should do next. Upload it to a CRM. And then after you have it uploaded to a CRM, that's when the organization can start. And from there then it makes things a little bit easier to manage because then you know who's working on what and who isn't working on what. A true story of whenever this issue happened 
that this person bought an email list and it was my job to sort of sort through that the, I just didn't have time to get to it. And so the sales team ended up running with it. And so when they have 80,000 contacts, all they're doing is hitting control all, copy and paste. And then that's how they're sending out their mass emails. Not only is that dangerous in order for your, your domain purposes, it, it, it could cause your domain to be uh, marked as spam. All of your future communications, including important information, maybe load updates and, and, and driver communications, things like that end up in the spam folder as well on their end of things. It just helps you to keep things organized and who is working what? Because in that example that I've been talking about, this woman that was a, a, a sales rep within the company, she had been working an account for months. She had been trying to get the business from this company. And they said, and I quote, how can I trust you with your freight if you don't even know what's going on in your own building? And the reason he said that is because two of those rogue sales agents ended up hitting him up in the same day with emails entering his inbox when he had already been talking to somebody from the company. So she ended up losing that business and losing those that months of work because somebody within the office wanted to go rogue and in order to take the easy way out. So that's the reason why you put it into a CRM and you keep things organized. Now, the next tip that I want to give you is the final one, not really the final one, but we have a few, a couple more. So craft your messaging and put it into a template form because bonus points, if you have a sequence of emails based on the user reaction to it, um, other things to think about is you want to customize the first name. If you can, personalization is key. If not, it's more important now really than ever before. Um, and if you spawn there, another example too, is maybe you didn't buy a shady example or a shady email list off the internet, or maybe you didn't, you know, fall for one of these LinkedIn leads. So I don't want to call it a scam because you're getting contact info, but it's definitely not leads because leads have to be able to show some kind of intent on working with you to be qualified as a lead. But if you sponsored an event and maybe you have this contact information, I would suggest waiting a week or two because those first few days after that event that I spoke about earlier ended and I started getting all of these sponsored emails sent my way, it was the, with it, the bulk of them were sent within a few days of that of that event ending. Now, the ones that stood out a little bit more, even though I know that's where they got my contact information, they were the ones that sent it a week or two after the event. And so if you do get some kind of a list like that, that's the only thing that I would suggest is because you just, you don't want to fall into the mix with everybody else that's wanting to jump at the bit in order to do business with you, um, that, or that's trying to do business with you. So think about that from a sponsorship standpoint, if you're sending out those messages and then also don't include any HTML or fancy graphics. If you're doing that, if you're doing an initial cold outreach, sometimes those emails end up in a promotional tab within the email, or they end up going straight to spam because a lot of companies have very, very high standards for the email that come through uh, on their platform. So you could your email could immediately just be sent to spam or just be sent to a promotions tab and you wouldn't even know it. So keep it on a plain text, limited links, and then that way your, your email has a greater chance of hitting the inbox. And then also get right to the point in the message. But don't be afraid to have fun with it and make it about them, not you. So the problems that you solve for your customers, list that in the email. And then let's look at the, the a next example that I have here because Andrew Silver, he's a CEO over at Molo Solutions. He's one of the, 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 the better, I guess, LinkedIn posters, if that's a right phrase. But he talks about how many emails 
that that he gets and emails that he sends. And he talks about the the his perspective on sending those emails out. And I'm going to read this to you. He says, successfully sending cold solicitation emails in this industry is hard. I think most folks managing transportation these days get hundreds of emails every week that look pretty similar. I like to get creative once in a while and have some fun with it, especially if I'm on my eighth or ninth unresponded to solicitation. My favorite by far is the one I've used for the last few years, but it's only relevant for about a week at a very specific time of the year, and that's this week. It has to be during the first week of November to work, and it's just a one-sentence email. Halloween's over. You can stop ghosting me now. And he says, he ends it, the, the post was saying, give it a shot. At minimum, you will make your prospect laugh. So he's giving advice like this, of apparently without, not apparently, but he's giving advice like this, depending on, and using the experience of how many emails he sends and how many emails he gets every day on how to stand out in the inbox. So that is, is some good key takeaways. And then one last bonus tip with iOS removing the ability to see open rates as a data point for your emails, consider adding two to three links within the email itself. Remember, this is a cold outreach. We have an example shown on the screen. And, and, and this is an email that I signed up for that it's not technically a cold outreach, but you can pull an example from this in your cold outreach because inside the email, you can make blogs and resources links, or you can add blogs and resources from your, your website and add it to the email and you can segment it by what your company specializes in. So if you think about it from that perspective, maybe you specialize in a a certain commodity or a certain lane. You add that resource to your website, you add it into this link, you add it into and, and linked in your email. And then that way, if that person opens up the email and they click on one of those links, that will give you an immense amount of information as to what that cold prospect is now interested in in learning more from you. So it makes that next sequence of emails or that next outreach a little less cold. And then that's when you can start really hammering in on the, the personalization aspect. So one important thing and one final thing I want I, w- I want to make sure that I, I have clear is I am not advocating for you to go out and you to purchase email lists and or contact lists or or any of that sort of shady behavior. But I am telling you from a business owner perspective, from a marketer perspective that's been in this position, that you are given this task. This is your job that you have to, it's an unfortunate reality of the job that you have to do, but there are ways to make it more manageable to where you're not necessarily Uh, it's part of the job. You got to do it. And part of that job is just making sure that you're doing it in the, the, a way that's not going to overly upset your audience that you're trying to sell to. So that's the ultimate goal. You're trying to build relationships and try to ultimately make the sale with these people. So try to do it in a way that you would be receptive. And I think that a lot of these examples are, are ways that you could be receptive to it as well. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. If you like what you heard, consider sharing it with a friend. Podcast discoverability is a bit of a challenge for creators like myself, so word of mouth goes a long way. You can check out past episodes of the show by hitting up the learn page on digitaldispatch.io. I also have some free courses on the site that cover content marketing, distribution, and even how to audit your own website. That's going to come in handy as everyone starts to prepare for those 2022 budgets. While you're there, you can also check out our socials, the DIY shop, or custom services. Until next time, I'm Blythe Brumleave, and I will see you real soon.